that, I invite you to stand as you are able as we come to God's Word. And we stand to honor, honor God during this. Now, there are four accounts of Jesus' life, and this is in the Gospel of Mark. And it is, it's such a powerful exchange that goes on between Jesus and a young man who, who has a big question. And the question is, what, what, what can I do to inherit eternal life? You know, that's a big question for many of us. What, what, do we, what do we have to do? What's the most important thing? I want you to listen to Jesus' answer to him, and maybe he's speaking into your life today, too. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God All things are possible. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So do any of you, do you know who John Christ is? Any of you know who that Christian comedian is? He's been going on YouTube just a little bit. He's starting to make some noise. He was just in Fargo a couple nights ago. And so um, the place was full. It was sold out. And afterwards, there were just a few select people that got to go backstage and meet him. Yes, I did, only because my rock star fiance has, she's a superstar. <laughs> and so um, he actually invited her back. So here we are with John Christ, who is hilarious and fun and awesome. But um, actually, as we hung out with him a little bit afterwards, um, he actually has a message for all of you today. So I just wanted to pass that along. Yeah, got a flat bill hat. That's why you got to listen to me. <laughs> like, thanks, John. <laughs> it was it was fun to connect with him. But I love his catchphrase is "check your heart," and he, he has a unique way of looking at life and about faith and church. And just Google him; you'll you'll find some fun stuff from him. But check your heart. I love that. 
wondering if there are any hunters here today. Any hunters? There's a couple. The rest of you are like, is he going to say, check your heart? <laughs> um, if you're a hunter, I, I grew up hunting. I grew up in Wisconsin, and uh, it's just a part of life in uh, where I was at with a lot of farmland. And uh, so we go hunting uh, in the fall especially, and it, it became a family event. But uh, um, my dad was such an amazing hunter, still is, and uh, he would he would always uh, he would always bring home he'd always at least get get one buck if not more with with the number of tags he was able to get, and uh, he uh, for a while until I was probably a, a young teenager I ate a, I would eat hamburgers and I and I loved burgers and steaks and things and we'd have a lot of that and then when I was like maybe twelve or thirteen. I ate a burger, and I'm like, wow, what, what, is, what is this? And they're like, that's beef. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this venison was so, oh, okay. <laughs> but that's how much venison we had. Um, but my dad, as good as he was, and maybe as good of a hunter, maybe a few of you are, there are a set of hunters in the world that are incredible at what they do. And they don't use a gun. They don't use a bow. They don't use any kind of nets. And they're the ones that they're trying to capture, anyone want to guess? Hint. They're monkey hunters. And so for hundreds of years, hunters have caught monkeys without weapons or traps. And they do it in a simple but really pretty profound way. You see, monkeys, I mean, I think they're cute. There's like 600 species in the world. They're great, right? I always wanted a monkey. I mean, that would have been amazing. Um, but I never got that. Um, but apparently in other parts of the world, they are not only mischief makers, but they can wreak a lot of havoc. They're very intelligent, and they get into food, and they get into things that people don't want them to get into. And so they have to hunt them. And so this is what they did and what they found over, again, years and years and years. They dig a small hole in, in the ground or in a pile of dirt, and it's just enough for the monkey to put their hand into. And inside it, they stuff it with fruit or nuts, something that the monkey will like. And then the hunters just back away and get a little, little way so they can't see them. And after a while, the monkeys can smell it or they saw what was going on. They go in and they get their hand into the, into the hole and they grab the fruit and then they can't, they can't get the fruit out because their hand is wrapped in a fist with the food and it's a simple thing, right? But the monkey is so fixated on getting their prize that they can't let go. So they're fighting it, and they're trying to get out, and almost 99% of the monkeys are caught just, just that way, and they just walk up to them behind them, and they, they pick them up, and they're done. Crazy, right? Silly. Foolish. I'm here to tell you, we're a lot like those monkeys. And you may not know it today, but I'm guessing something, something seems life-giving for you today. Something seems like if you, if you only have it. And maybe it's something you're, you're wanting. Maybe it's something that's right in your, in, in your, your front grill, and you're like, you know what, I, I, need to get, I need to get that. Maybe it's that next house or a car or something else. Maybe it's a person. 
Maybe you already have it. You're so fixated in that. You're like, I need life, and life will be so good with this. And, and because I have this, or that person, or that thing, or that thing that I do in my life, whatever that is that you're grasping onto, Jesus has an encounter with this young man, and you need to hear what's going on, because what Jesus is saying to the man, he's saying you're stuck by this. You think it's what you want and need, but it's just the opposite. And I am here to just announce to you that whatever that thing is for you, that maybe Jesus is marking us through that cross for something much deeper, something much richer, something that could actually free you. So let's look at that a little bit. So Jesus is going on a journey, and a man runs up to him, and he asks, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now isn't that the question? Isn't it? What do we do? And how do we do it? I mean, I have so many really, I think, beautiful, amazing, imperfect people that come up and they, they ask that, or variations of that. What's heaven like? How do I get there? Have I done enough? Am I good enough? And Jesus' answer to him is, is really along those lines at first. So he says here, um, you know the commandments, starting with verse 19, and he rattles through them. And as he's telling this man, like, here's the commandments, you know them, you can almost see, like, the young guy is like, yeah, yeah, got, got that one, yeah, yeah, check, all right, got that one, yes, yes, oh, oh, commit adultery, haven't done that, okay, all right, yep, 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 okay, yeah, I don't steal, great, super, and you can almost see him like, yes, I've done these through my youth. And you almost get the sense that he was asking him, like, what must I do, and I've gotten through all of the requirements, I've gotten the transactions, and now it sounds like good teacher that now I got it. And yet, here's this piece that just, I couldn't get past as I was reading this and praying about it. And you need to hear this. So he gets the answer, and it's the right answer. Follow those laws. They're good things. But Jesus, looking at him, loved him. here to tell you it is so easy i don't know about you but for me to equate my life to what i do and especially even maybe in my faith to reach out and say you know what if i just hold on to what i'm doing for god if i just do good things then i'm going to be okay then life is i, I life is going to be good I won't get punished for it. Bad things aren't going to happen to me um, if I go to church enough or I give enough or, or if, I, if I pray hard enough. I, I think, God, then you'll listen and, and things are going to go my way until they don't. Until those things. And I, I think if we fall in this trap together, that if we do enough, God's going to reward us. But what if God is... What if God is marking us through that cross in such a deeper, better way? What if God today, right now, is looking at you as he looked at that man? God knows you through and through. God knows the best parts of you. God knows the worst parts. And now God is looking at you and loving you and now because he loves you so much, he says something. He says, just like he did to that, that man, you lack one thing. 
for that man was this. Go sell what you own because he was rich. He had all these possessions. Give it to the poor. Now once you do that, that thing that's grabbed you, which for him was all his stuff, then come follow me. Give that to the poor. Then you're going to have treasure in heaven. Once you release that thing, then it's going to be so much freeing for you. Then follow me. Then the man can't do it. He's just like the monkey. He's holding on. He's like, oh, he's shocked by this. And I wonder if for us, we equate all of our stuff, the things that we have, with happiness. You know, for so many people, I hear them saying, hey, if I, what do I want out of life? What do I want for my kids? I want to be happy. I want them to be happy. I want to be happy. But what if we're like that monkey when we're saying, we, I'm going to grab happiness and, I, and I'm just going to hold on to it. When other stuff comes up and life does happen, when we make mistakes, when things happen and you, you get that health diagnosis that is exactly the opposite of what you hoped. Or when that person does leave you, the person that you thought would be there your whole life. Then all at once you're holding on to happiness, but, but it, it's not what you thought. And life isn't what you hoped for. Now, now what? What if Jesus is saying, don't hold on to that. I have something so much more freeing for you today. Because let's be honest, we're like that rich man. I mean, we are rich. And whether you're struggling to pay the bills or whether you feel very secure in your bank account, according to the rest of the world, we are profoundly crazy rich. Do we have clean water? Did you, were you able to take a shower in the last couple of days? Please say yes, and if not, let's get some deodorant. Um, have you been able to drink water and, and do that, right? And you don't have to travel for it. You don't have to boil it. Um, have, you had, have you had dry a dry home, mostly, so far? Do you have clothes? Have you been able to actually eat whenever you really want to? Not because I don't have anything in the pantry, though it's full, <laughs> or the fridge. No, we're rich. And too often, because we have so much at our disposal, I fall into this trap too. That next thing's going to be so much better. Those silly, foolish monkeys, if they'd only let go, what if God's saying the same thing to us, to you, today? Because we are trapped by it. You know, there's this beautiful psalm, Psalm 46. It's one that I cling to. It's talking about God. And in verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I'm God. And I ran across this quote about the actual meaning of this. And you have to hear this. This could be freeing for you. Be still and know that I am God. The original Hebrew root, that's what it's written in, of be still doesn't mean be quiet. It means let go. Just let go. It's very different, don't you think? Let go and know that I am God. Let go of trying to control your spouse. Let go of your worry about your finances. Let go of your unforgiveness. Let go of your past. Let go of what you can't control and rest. Be still. Let go in the knowledge that God's in control. So today, I don't know if you still have the nail that you received. If you were part of us during Ash Wednesday, we handed out nails. 
If you don't have one or if you lost it or if you, this is your first time here, we'd love for you to collect one on the way out. As you go about your week, keep that nail with you. Keep it in your pocket. Let it shape you. And when you feel like, you know what, I, I'm trying to have control here. I'm, I, I, I just need to be happier. I need this thing to go that way. Or I need that. I want you to know, let go. Let God be in control. Let God lead you. Let God love you. That's going to change everything. You're marked in that way. You are worth so much. You are so loved that, well, he, he actually did let go, didn't he? Jesus let go and he outstretched his arms on that cross because of you. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the gift of people that need you. And God, it's so easy. It's so easy to be just like those monkeys. We could let go of that thing, but it, but it seems like it's just life-giving. You know, especially the stuff, the things in our life that we hope for, the control we try to have, especially when our pursuit is happiness itself. Help us to just let go when life, when life is different than we hoped or expected or wanted. Let us let go and know that you have us, that you're picking us up, that you're carrying us. And maybe you're going to take us to places we never would have dreamed, but help us to trust in you. Mark us. Mark us as only you can. And all God's people said, Amen.